right? So is Carlson a stooge? Have you even listened to the interview yet? One thing I didn't talk about yesterday was the weaponization of the U.S. dollar. How was my social media media research or training going? Learning some stuff. Valentine's Day. Did you do anything? Happy Valentine's Day. Black Metal Legogo. Shows are returning to China. Full force. Newsletter out. And finally got Final Cut Pro to go for me. Folks, Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. I'm Steven Sersky, Canadian expat. Situated here in Beijing, China. This here's my daily audio pog, pog, podcast, podcast. In which I uh, elucidate, I uh, illuminate, I give all sorts of uh, illustrious examinations and illustrations of what it's like to be a, an expat living in one of the most populous countries in the world, in the capital of one of the most populous countries in the world. And uh, I'll tell you, I work from home. <laughs> I don't really see a lot of people these days. I used to work a lot uh, outside of Beijing as well. We used to have to travel quite a bit for work purposes. But uh, since the, the pandemic, not sure if you heard of it, uh, but uh, that kind of threw a bit of a ruffled into the feathers. And now we uh, we work from home. As a result, uh, it wasn't entirely bad because I did start podcasting as a result. Now, whether or not you enjoy it, I mean, I think you do because uh, some of the analytics analytics are saying that people are actually listening, which is kind of fun and kind of neat to to see and hear. Thank you for joining me today. If, if you're looking to learn what it's like to be an expat in any country around the world, this is it. Except the problem, or the one possible problem, is that this is not your happy-go-lucky, oh, the food is just so delicious, I love it here so much type of podcast. It really isn't. It's more like have you even heard how to transfer money home? <laughs> yeah, don't start with that episode. It might put you off a little bit. But uh, yesterday I was going on about uh, this Carlson, Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin interview. The one thing uh, that uh, I didn't I didn't touch on, mostly because the episode was getting a bit long, uh, was the weaponization of the U.S. dollar. And Putin talks about this quite a bit. Uh, or talks about it a little bit in the interview. Uh, and uh, one of the things to say, to, to understand about the, the sort of the weaponization and the place of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency is that it's not easy to replace. It's not like the U.S. dollar necessarily wanted to become the reserve currency. It's that it became it because all of the other currencies basically couldn't be trusted, uh, at least not to the same extent. And you think of the British sterling, the British pound. You think of the euro, which didn't exist until, what, two, uh, 1999 or yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, so it's a young currency. Uh, who's going to trust the Russian ruble? That didn't exist until 1991. Chinese yen? Maybe the Japanese yen has stayed the same. But, uh, I mean, how was J Japan 60, 70 years ago when... The U.S. dollar basically became the reserve currency. Basically, the U.S. dollar took reserve status from the British pound. And one of the reasons, you know, to tell you the truth, I actually don't even know how or when that happened. And I don't know the exact reason, but based on how commodities are traded, gold, silver, copper, grains, your softs, and your hard metals and stuff like that, 
all your uh, soft and hard commodities as well. A lot of those were priced in sterling pound for years. And then New York became the place that a lot of boats went to. And so people needed to have U.S. dollars. Now, has that changed? People say Bitcoin's going to take over. Doubt it. People say that the Chinese yuan is going to take over. Uh, It's not there yet. It might hold a place amongst the ranks of reserve currencies. But there's some trust issues that the rest of the world has with the way that things are done here that it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon, regardless of what uh, some people say. And Putin talks about the rise of China as well. And he's good buddies with uh, Xi Jinping here in, in China. The uh, But we do have to keep in mind that they are sort of influenced by the same sort of books. And by that, I mean like the Leninist philosophy, the Karl Marx philosophy, uh, market angles, basically. Uh, so the whole communist philosophy as well. That That is, it weighs on their thinking and their understanding of history as well. So now, could we see the, the upending and the uh, sort of the end of the US dollar as a reserve currency in our lifetimes? Um, it's it's f- possible, but I don't think it's going to be taken over. I think it's going to be given over. It's going it's going to pass to whoever is the next one, and I don't think we know who that is. I mean, a lot of people will say they sort of had a good idea who it is. I don't think it's that that easy to say that who the next reserve currency will be, because along with the reserve currency comes the fact that you become a little bit more. Uh, you have to get a lot better at finance. And you have to have a system that sort of enables people to get good at finance, which how many systems do you know or which system would you trust? Basically, if you showed up, if you if someone showed up with a bag of cash, <laughs> you know, nothing suspicious, and it was a bag of US dollars, would you take it? Like for exchange it for like, you know, a bag of like anything, you know, whatever they got. You what do you have? A can of tuna, a bag of apples, a backpack, or a ticket out of the place, whatever. Bag of cash, U.S. dollars, would you take it? What about Russian rubles? What about Chinese yen? Japanese yen? What about South Korean won? Australian dollars? Zimbabwe dollars? Saudi Arabian reals, I think it is, or Abu Dubai reals? You go on down the line, you go, well, some of these uh, currencies are easier to take in than others. And one of the reasons is because the currencies will be widely accepted because they know whenever they go to a bank... The bank will go, yes, we can use this. We can do something with this currency. Whether it's whether it's earning interest, whether it's lending it out to somebody else, whether it's buying commodities with that currency, even if they don't, if, if they never digitize it, if the bank never digitizes the currency, they can still go do something with it. That other people will go, okay, yeah, I will trade you what I've got for that dollar that you've got. Now, that's an overly simplistic way of looking at things, but I hope you understand. Putin's talking about the overthrow of the U.S. dollars reserve currency. Maybe not so much the overthrow, but he's talking about the weaponization. And what the U.S. Fed basically did was take liberties with the fact that so many people depended on the U.S. dollar to do trade, to perform trade, that it, it looks as if they abused it quite a bit. And given that he was you know, talking about NATO and other uh, issues that he's had with U.S. Uh, diplomats, 
presidents over the years. I mean, it's not surprising to say that he's not favorable of the, the weaponization of the U.S. dollar either. One thing to keep in mind, though, is that with the, the U.S. dollar, one of the reasons I kind of always have wondered if in the back secret office doors, rooms, where the U.S. Fed meets, they might be like, yes, but we've inflated the currency. We have massive amounts of debt on paper. People still buy things. We still have contracts to buy loads of stuff from around the world. We protect a lot of those shipping lanes and everything with our military and the, uh, the guns and the people that we train, that we train to be the best in the business. And when you look at it that way, they weaponized the U.S. dollar because they could. Russia would do the same. And make no mistake that any other power would do the same because they have. I mean, depreciating value. I mean, that's what the Roman Empire did. Oh, well, the Roman, look at what happened to the Roman Empire. Yeah, it took five, six hundred, seven hundred years to fall. I mean, Putin also talks about that. He mentions that, that it did take several hundred years for the Roman Empire to not just form, like once the empire was established as an empire, but then to finally crack and break. And it, it didn't even really break all at once. It, it just kind of fell out. And so, again, reserve currency. What was it? It was sort of given to the next one. All right, enough. Go watch the interview if you haven't. Well worth your uh, your time. You will feel dirty because if you even mention to someone else that you listen to the whole thing, they're going to be like, Ew, I can't believe you listened to that liar. But who are they even talking about? Let's move on. Social media research. How are they? How are things going for me? So a couple months ago, I kind of took it upon myself to uh, start learning a little bit more. A couple months ago, maybe a year ago, I took it upon myself to learn a little bit more about how social media works. And this is, it's kind of odd to say it, especially as a, I'm not a boomer, but uh, definitely an elder millennial, as they call it, uh, that uh, I've been using social media for a very long time. Instagram, do you consider Gmail social media? Twitter, I've had my shares of ups and downs, my my shares of sort of being um, upset with it and don't trying to go through a purge and everything. The one thing that sort of kept me interested and now has me sort of full on kind of embracing it, if you will, is that no matter how much you want to give up social media and how much you are like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, that's it. I'm getting off this thing. I'm done. You're going to still see ads for Coke. <laughs> not, not the powder. <laughs> Coca-Cola. You're still going to see ads for Coca-Cola, for Pepsi. You're going to see ads for, I don't know, let's pick a sport. Football. How about the Super Bowl? You're still going to see it. You can purge all you want from social media. Turn your phone off and you're still going to see ads selling you something. And it's things like that where I kind of go, well, why are they the only ones selling? Like the, Before they used to be. They used to be the bill. They used to have the deep pockets because of whatever they were doing that generated the money that they could buy the placement. But now the placement is in everybody's pocket, in everybody's hands. It's their cell phones. So I mean, it's the cell phones. It's their laptop. It's the iPad. It's 
and the newspapers, uh, and, I mean, the talk shows, it's the podcast, it's all over the place. You still see ads. You still see people telling a story that's been told a hundred years before. I mean, McDonald's, their brand recognition is huge. Why is that? Because they've done remarkable marketing campaigns before in whatever form it was. So it's things like that that I kind of look at and go, yeah, um, I don't think social media is going to go anywhere. The platforms might change again, but if I want to be a legitimate or have a legitimate sort of, uh, I don't know, reach, a legitimate sort of chance at being anything more than just an employee who needs to find references for his next job interview, uh, I, I think it sort of, it's a time that maybe I do need to spend to figure out how to make this work for me, given all of my creative projects that often drain money out of me and don't financially pay me back just yet. So you wonder, well, Steve, so why do you do all this stuff? And I, and one of the reasons is because I can, right? So I, I can do this. Uh, it's It keeps me sane. Uh, it's something I've been doing for years. I've never really looked at it as a big expense, a big, it's not like I'm buying the latest, greatest thing, whatever it is. Uh, but I, I do use enough different instruments that I, and I've accumulated enough that, and not only that, it's hard to get rid of them because, you know, those, as you sort of keep these things, they become a part of you. They become a part of what you do. And they, worst of all, they become one of those things. I, well, I'll just get to it tomorrow. It's very busy today. I'll put it over here. I'll leave it open. I'll leave the box open. So I'll remember to do it tomorrow. It becomes one of those things. I have lots of those things too. That's why when I, I look at something to buy, I, I've become a lot more sort of skeptical and a little bit more reticent to buy things uh, as quickly. I do a lot more research and I kind of hold off on a lot of things, sometimes too long to tell you the truth. But um, and so now, you know, I, I have the, the musical elements Lately, it's been purchasing uh, services for social media distribution, something that I've, I've put off for a long time. Uh, and, and in the name of, well, let's see. I want to see what happens. What if? What if I tried? What if I was that marketing agency? What if I was that advertising agency? What if I was that media company in the broadest sense of the world? And by media, I mean like, I create a podcast. I, I use a cell phone. You know, uh, I, I make videos. By no means am I attracting many, any clients yet. Am I? Would I be willing to? Sure. Right price. Let me know. StevenSersky at gmail.com. StevenSersky.com. Get in touch there too. So that, I mean, how, oh boy, Steve, what have you learned? <laughs> so one of the things that I, I have uh, sort of picked up on in my social media research and training uh, is that uh, the use of spreadsheets, CSV files, comma separated value uh, documents that you can create through Google Sheets for free online, export in better format than OpenOffice or numbers can create, and then use those to batch upload your content across multiple platforms all at once. Last week, I mentioned this uh, it was taking me an hour per platform. And that's because, well, I guess you'd say I was doing it wrong. Sitting on one platform and manually typing in everything. Eesh, that's tough, especially if 
a lot of these platforms are mobile and you'd have to use your thumbs to type in all the copyright, all the copy as they call it, all the copy for the content. Introduce a uh, tool like Metricool. Uh, this is the latest one that I've sort of been on. You've no doubt heard of uh, other ones like TweetDeck used to be a big one uh, for Twitter accounts, uh, HubSpot, Buffer. These are all sort of social media uh, distribution platforms. So they help social media managers manage brands that they're representing or working for published to several platforms across different time zones, across uh, different uh, demographics and geographics. It, it gets very complicated. It's neat to see, but now, and I would actually almost say that Metricool is sort of like your, your entry-level um, social media manager and probably what most people just need. You can do this with one brand for free. You can connect all this stuff on your own. Uh, it, it doesn't take much. So even if you didn't want to sit on Twitter, say if you're like an author or um, political commentator, <laughs> or if you wanted to, if you had a podcast that you could pull quotes from, you could pull quotes and create uh, the copy, create the content that would spit out a tweet, uh, a LinkedIn post, a Facebook post, uh, Facebook page posts and all these different things all at once and you can schedule them all to go at once or at different times. And so that way, when people open up their different socials and if they're following you, your beautiful face shows up right there again and again and again. <laughs> and then, of course, they might try to unfollow you or mute you. But as long as your message is good, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I saw that. It, re it reiterates your point, basically. It's, it's bizarre to think that. But again, I think of the Coca-Colas, I think of the McDonald's, I think of the Super Bowl, I think of all these different brands that have just so become so mainstream. The fact that you can tweet someone, you can Twitter, you can be on Twitter, you can uh, just Google it, or you can chat GPT that. They've introduced more syllables to our verbs these days. Are you chat GPTing as well? Chat GPTing. That's five syllables. Just Google it. Just Google it. That's four. Google it. Three, right? Chat GPT. It. Chat GPT. You can't shorten it. <laughs> they become mainstream. There. It's like turning on a tap and expecting water to come through, whether it's hot or cold. So it's been going well. CSV files uh, to the rescue. Uh, I highly uh, suggest. A few tools that if you're going to dip your toes into this, and maybe if uh, you are looking to learn a little bit more about how to manage your own sort of social media uh, output and input, take a look at Google Docs. So uh, how to use Google Sheets. Take a look at a program, uh, Notion.so. That's also very useful. You need to be on ChatGPT because that will help save you hours from Googling and getting frustrated in the forums. And then look at a tool like Metricool, where you can uh, post to several different platforms all, at all sorts of times and upload a CSV file with everything ready to go. Of course, you have to, the one thing you do have to do is upload the content to a Google Drive and provide the link to Metricool, and it will pull that information from the link and spit it out to the appropriate platform at the appropriate time. Well worth having a look at it. Valentine's Day. Well, <laughs> Qing Ren De Qing Ren 
Yeah, Quila, I guess. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Hope you guys are doing well. Did you guys do anything? I did nothing. Uh, the girlfriend uh, is busy with her family. And uh, so I'm like the, um, not the omniscient, I'm the invisible foreigner. <laughs> oh, Stevie. Yeah, so, uh, no, we didn't do anything. They were uh, actually looking at universities because I guess um, that, that's what they, her niece is starting to consider which extended academic path she's going to be on. And I say that because here in China, they, they start them early and it's like, the gauntlet that is middle school and high school with the expectation that you're going to end up at some premier university. It's the, the pressure is immense. I am kind of glad that I'm, you know, getting old and well, and some people would say I am old. I don't have to think about these things. I mean, I think about what time should I tweet this tweet at? <laughs> don't really have to think about whether my university education is going to be anything for me. We all know how that turned out there, Stevie. <laughs> uh, so all that is to say that, no, we didn't do anything for Valentine's Day, but um, uh, we will be probably going to one of the uh, uh, Beijing Temple Fairs on Friday. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it was a bit cooler today. Not smoggy because it was windy. So hopefully it stays clear and cool and good and warm, actually, for Friday. Newsletter out, substack.com. stevensersky.substack.com is where you can find it. All about what makes a holiday. And I go into a little bit of a comparison between what I am uh, used to from growing up and what Spring Festival, like what my introduction to holidays overseas is, uh, overseas is like because I've been in China. And the fact that this year, despite that this Christmas, this past Christmas was the first normal Christmas in a very long time. I wasn't in Canada, but this is the first normal Spring Festival in a very long time. I am here. And all I'm doing is sitting at home talking to myself for a podcast. <laughs> that will change, folks. That will change. Finally, got Final Cut Pro on the iPad to work for me, which is good and timely because um, Final Cut on my computer seems to be uh, not liking it very much. I got to upgrade that system, which means something's going to break. And I'm not looking forward to dealing with that fallout. But uh, thank goodness, not the, uh, the iPad working properly. Hopefully, I'll be able to churn out videos a little bit quicker. Who am I kidding? I am terrible at it. This is why you hire people to do it. Uh, but uh, my persistence and my stubbornness in doing it on my own, um, I don't think would be my downfall. I think something else could be my downfall. But uh, overall, it's something I can do. And I, again, I've mentioned this before, why I don't bring in like a social media manager. If I ask someone else to do it, what would I be asking them to do? I don't even know. Because I haven't done this enough to know the current tools for it. And that's what I'll work on. I'll leave it there, folks. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks are available up on my website, stevenskirsky.com. And, of course, don't forget to uh, check out my new YouTube channel, Stevie Skirsky, uh, which is all the uh, creative audio that I've been making using this Novation Launchpad app that I have on my uh, iPad and on my phone. So you can check that out. Nice, chill music for you to study and work to. Have a good one. We'll do this again. Bye-bye. <laughs>